Hi, One Goal community. It's Elaine Boyd, Pelotonia's Event and Volunteer Operations Coordinator. Since 2008, Pelotonia has raised over $236 million for innovative cancer research. And thanks to our partners, 100% of those funds have gone directly to research at the James at Ohio State. Together, we will see an end to cancer. To get involved in our one goal, visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org or click on the link in the episode notes. This podcast is powered by Pelotonia. To learn more about our goal 10 cancer, visit pelotonia.org or see the link in the show notes. If there's anything I can do to help others, uh, I'm going to do that. I've had the most incredible experience at the James, and, and now here's this event, Pelotonia, being able to raise money for cancer research it would be such a cool thing. Welcome to One Goal, a storytelling podcast from Pelotonia. We're a passionate community dedicated to funding innovative cancer research. I'm your host and Chief Operating Officer of Pelotonia, Joe Akbar. Your journey with us to the finish line begins now. Pelotonia is powered by an unstoppable community, and it's through research we will see an end to cancer. We want to thank our major funding partners for making all of this possible. The American Electric Power Foundation, Huntington, the L Brands Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santulli. Prior to his cancer journey, John Hewer had never stayed in a hospital. He was active, exercising regularly, and enjoying hobbies like golfing with his buddies and cycling. But John soon found out that even the healthiest of individuals can find themselves on a call with a doctor on an otherwise normal Thursday afternoon, hearing the three words that will forever change his life. You have cancer. As with any uncertain health journey, there were several incredibly challenging moments. But John eventually traded that hospital gown for a survivor jersey. Let's start at the beginning of his story. This episode has been titled, Conquering Anything. Let's start with uh, a little bit about who you are, where you're from, where you live now, sort of who is John Hewer? John Hewer. So I am 59 years old. I am from, born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and uh, lived there the first 23 years of my life. I currently live in Cincinnati, Ohio, where I've lived for the last 23 years. I had a, uh, had a great career in the food industry. I'm married to my wife, Deb. In fact, we just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary, which is a big milestone. Yeah, yeah, which is super exciting. Uh, No kids, but we both come from big families. So we've got, I think we've got 17 nieces and nephews between the two of us. So you and I got to meet, or I guess virtually meet uh, last year in 2020. We were sitting in our office and we're, we're rolling through our data and so who's this who's this first year rider, this first year participant who's raised over ten thousand dollars and you know, no one no one had like a connection, no one knew knew who who you were. And so I reached out and we had what ended up being a two hour pretty amazing conversation. And a lot of that really started with um you receiving your own cancer diagnosis and sort of always love hearing those stories from the perspective of, you know, someone that's heard those words, you have cancer. So in 2019 is, is when I was diagnosed. In fact, it was the tail end of April of 2019. 
And I'd been having just a few stomach pains, but nothing, you know, everybody thought I had acid reflux, but my wife thankfully forced me to go to the emergency room here in Cincinnati. They did a CAT scan and, you know, saw that I had a massive tumor. Of course, they didn't know what it was, but it was big. It was nine centimeters. Wow. It was in a, it was in a terrible location. Basically, it was wrapped around my organs. And again, they didn't know what kind of um, cancer it was. They just knew it was big. They did a they did a needle biopsy, and my wife and I had a meeting uh, scheduled for like Friday morning. And the oncologist in Cincinnati called me Thursday afternoon. She said, "John, I I really can't wait until tomorrow morning. I've struggled with this all day to give you this news because it's not it's not great news." And she said, you know, you've got sarcoma, which is a very rare form of cancer. And she said, the tumor is big and, um, you know, it's going to have to shrink significantly for, you know, for there to be a positive outcome. And she said, and nobody in Cincinnati can treat you for this. She said, we just, no one here would have the right skills to be able to deal with what you've got. So this is Friday morning. And she said, I called. Um, I called a Dr. Chen up at uh, up at the James in Columbus, and we think he is just a, a remarkable sarcoma expert. And uh, she said, "I've got an appointment set up for you in two weeks." She said, "But I know he'll see you before that." He called while we were with her, and he said, "On that Friday morning." On that Friday morning, and, and she came back into the room with a big smile on her face and said, "I just got off the phone with Dr. Chen, and he said, yeah, it's severe, but." I've dealt with worse. And, uh, you know, what's John doing on Monday? So Monday, we get to the James. The meeting started about 1130 with Dr. Chen kind of explaining to me what the situation was and then telling me kind of what the what the action plan would be. So one of the things I loved about him was he said, you're a young guy and uh, we're going to we're going to go for a cure here. And I said, game on. I just want to, I want to stop you yeah. real quick because yeah. you had a needle biopsy Thursday afternoon. Your doctor in Cincinnati calls you in advance of a Friday morning meeting. So like your emotions from that call on Thursday, do you remember that call on Thursday and how you felt hearing that news? Yeah. You know, the interesting thing is I'm kind of shocked as I think back on it because I remained calmer than I thought that I would. And, and if the outcome works, great. If it doesn't, then, then that's just kind of the way it is, right? Someone told me a great quote sort of shortly after I was diagnosed and always resonated with me. And I, and I think about it a lot. And it's, um, you have no idea how strong you are until you have no other choice. I think that's a great saying because I will be honest, I really didn't realize how strong I was. Like, I feel like now I could conquer anything. So I get there on Monday and literally the following Monday, um, I am admitted inpatient for, you know, my chemo regimen was 24 hours a day, uh, five days a week. Wow. So, so literally, so this is Monday. Thursday, I have a port put in. Friday, I have a, you know, total body PET scan to make sure the tumor hadn't, you know, spread anywhere else, which again, fortunately it hadn't. 
you know, Dr. Chen said, time is of the essence. That we're gonna do this with you kind of the old fashioned way um, through chemo. And we really can't do radiation because of where the tumor's located. My chemo regimen was 21 day cycles. So I had chemo for five days, then I was off for 16. They said to me, you know, this is so aggressive, you know, you're gonna have side effects. And, and I said, I understand that, you know? So, so the first week I'm in there and they hooked me up and I'm, you know, my first night and next morning the, 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 the doc on duty comes in and he says, you know, boy, everything looks great. How are you feeling? I'm like, okay. I feel awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know what to expect, but I'm feeling better than I think I should. Yeah. The other thing that happened was, which was kind of crazy, um, I was I was so scared of being in the hospital because I'd never been in a hospital. So it was like, oh my God, I got to be in here for five days and, you know, and all that. So as soon as I got my chemo hooked up on Monday, probably just out of pure nervousness, I said to my wife, let's take a walk. So I, I'm, I got the pole, I got all the chemo bags, and we ended up walking five miles a day, every day in the hospital. Patients would come out. This one woman came out, she said, I saw you go past our room like 40 times. She's like, what, what is your deal? And, and, and I'm just like, well, you know, I don't sit well. So I figured, you know, I'm here, might as well walk. Might as well get some exercise. Right. After my second round of chemo, they, they did scans again. So I go in from, and, and of course, then you're just scared to death, right? I mean, I had scans and now you're sitting and you're waiting. And yeah, that's the worst part is, is the waiting. You have a right. scan and then you wait. Well, Dr. Grignall came in, the surgeon, and she said to me, she said, John, um, we've never seen a sarcoma tumor shrink like this. She said, it shrunk 65%. And she said, uh, we, we've got a, we've got a, we've got a shot here. I had three more of those rounds before I had surgery in September. Okay. Going into the surgery, tumor shrunk sort of felt fairly good through the, you know, physically through the whole experience. Do you remember the morning of, I'm assuming it was a morning, but the, the day yeah. of the surgery, what that was like, your anxiety or, yeah. you know. The night before for me was, I didn't sleep a wink. The hardest thing I did was, you know, I wrote, um, I wrote my wife a note. Oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. That was a hard thing to do. Yeah. You know, because, because the surgery was going to be so intense, you know, you just don't know, right? Yep. So, um, so I did that. Then the morning of we get there and, uh, Dr. Grignall, who I love both, both Dr. Grignall and Dr. Chen, they take me to this room and they're hooking me up to all this. And, and it's just like, it's complete craziness for me. Right. And, uh, Dr. Grignall walks in. It's, I don't know, it's quarter to six in the morning and she's bright eyed and bushy tailed. And I said to her, I said, no drinking last night, right? She goes, no, no drinking for your surgery. But okay, I just want to make sure we're dealing with steady hands here. And um, all the way through this whole ordeal, Joe, they told me for sure I was going to lose a kidney. 
we're likely going to have to rebuild your aorta because um, it was wrapped around there. And so the surgery was scheduled to be uh, was scheduled to be about 10 to 12 hours. And Dr. Grignall said, hugs and kisses to Deb. You'll see her in a couple days. We're going to keep you in intensive care. We're going to keep you on a ventilator, all of that kind of stuff, right? So that's how I leave the room to go into the operating room. Fast forward, I wake up and uh, in comes Dr. Grignall and uh, just with a smile from ear to ear. And she said, John, you are my miracle boy. The tumor was necrotic. She said it was dead. So That's amazing. So I, the craziest thing is, Joe, I didn't, I didn't lose a kidney. They didn't have to rebuild my aorta. They thought that there would be follow-up and, you know, and I'd be maybe dealing with this for some time, but the tumor was, the tumor was dead. What do you, uh, what would you say to your, your doctors, Dr. Chen and, and then your surgeon? They are two amazingly brilliant people with such compassion that, I mean, I literally, I, I couldn't have gotten any luckier. You know, that's the thing about the James that was so remarkable is like just how prepared they were for me and just how passionate everybody was. And they used to wake me up in the middle of the night and ask me where I was. And I'd tell them I'm at the Ritz Carlton in Columbus. I said to myself that day, if there's anything I can do to help others along their journey, uh, I'm going to do that. And, uh, and so it's one of the things that's obviously led me to here. Um, and, uh, and also, I just, I just became approved as an ambassador for the James and a mentor. This idea of you, know, you sort of really dove into coaching and mentoring people and to be able to to meet someone else that's going through an experience similar to yours, but everyone, everyone's cancer diagnosis and experience is unique. How do you think about approaching sharing your story, sharing your experience with people, um, knowing what you went through? That's so interesting. If I, I've thought about that so much um, because people want to talk to somebody who's also experienced it, right? Yeah. So until you go through something like this it's just hard to know that feeling i think about it like this if i can give somebody else two or three nuggets just just two or three things that will help them in their journey that will help them remain positive you know help them you know because i don't have to tell you because you went through it. It, it it can deflate you right and, mm -hmm. and and, and, you know, you're thinking to yourself, how'd this happen to me and, and all of that. So really, Joe, if I can give somebody just, like I said, two or three nuggets that will help them um, through their journey and, and, and have a better outcome than for me, that's success. So let's sort of pivot and talk about, you know, you joining Pelotonia last year, sort of during the pandemic, during what was a really odd year. You signed up for Pelotonia as a challenger and just started raising a ton of money. You know, where'd you first hear about Pelotonia? What, what sort of clicked with you with, you know, this is the thing I'm going to do. Like, how'd that enter your life? I believe it was one of the nurses that kind of told me about it. 
you know, we were talking about like, what do you love to do? And I'm like, you know, I love to play golf. I'm a big, you know, I love to garden. I'm a big landscape person and I love to cycle. And it was like, oh, you, you cycle. Yeah. You ever heard of Pelotonia? Uh, I immediately got, you know, on my computer and in my room and started looking at Pelotonia and I was, I was frankly blown away at the amount of money that, that Pelotoni had raised in the first uh, 10 or 11 years of, of the charity, right? So mm-hmm. I was just like, man, this is incredible. Boy, what, what, a, what a great way to be able to give back to the James. And, you know, in a book that I read, it said, if you're gonna give back, give back by doing something you like. Because then, yeah. you, you know, you'll get some enjoyment out of it and some satisfaction out of it. And I thought, wow, I mean, how crazy is this? I've had the most incredible experience at the James. Um, I really believe they had everything to do with my outcome. And, and now here's this event, Pelotonia, that I can participate in and, and hopefully make a difference for others as they go through their cancer journey and being able to raise money for cancer research would be such a cool thing. I signed up for Pelotonia and then obviously it wasn't a live event last year. So I created my own goal, which was to ride a thousand miles over four months. I figured if I gave myself that goal, that was about 250 miles a month, right? So that would force me to ride two to three times a week. And I started off, you know, like 10 miles then I got to 20, then I got to 30, then I got to 40. So my training, helped me rebuild my body after all it had been through. At the same time, the thousand miles, the reason I chose a thousand is because I've got a bunch of knucklehead buddies that I thought might say, I'll give you a buck a mile. Oh, there you go. (laughs) And they did. There you go. (laughs) It became a bit of a game and a couple of my buddies were like, "Ah, I should have known better. I should have given you 50 cents a mile, you know, but, uh, so I was, you know, I was very fortunate to be able, you know, I think to raise a decent amount of money for in my in my year one, but but not obviously not ever participating live in the event. And then, you know, you and I got a chance to connect, which I was super excited about. And, and just meeting you and, and you telling me about Pelotonian, about the team, I gotta be honest with you, Joe, it got me more excited. You know, I, this this for me is such a cool thing. It'd be hard for me to tell you how excited we are for next weekend. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you to for you to experience it and see it. And um, you know, I remember my first my first ride, and I was almost two years out from my diagnosis and surgeries and all that. And I shared this story with our team recently, but I actually showed up to the event and and opted into the event from a very selfish standpoint. I thought I wanted to do it to make me feel better about myself and my situation. And, and then I finished, you know, I finished my hundred miles. And by the end, by the time I got to the end, you'd see all these people cheering and all these other people out there and people wearing survivor jerseys and all this stuff. And it's like the last person I'm doing it for right now is me. Like you're doing it for all of these other people. And so that, you know, the next person that gets a diagnosis, it's not so bad. And, um, that people can have more time with their loved ones and you can extend the lives of people who get a diagnosis. And that's what ride weekend is really about. And so I'm super excited for you to experience that given the context of your own diagnosis and really diving into this. 
you started a team this year, Team Jack. I did. And so what's the story behind Team Jack and, and you know, how you sort of brought a team together? Yeah, so um, so it's funny because uh, my family calls me Jack. And so uh, one of my best friends, he decided to have bracelets made for everybody we knew. And I don't know, I don't know how many bracelets he had made, thousands of bracelets at Team Jack. And so we, you know, everybody was wearing them as I was going through my journey and all that. In fact, the morning that Dr. Grignall came in after my surgery, she had on her Team Jack bracelet. My family. Oh, that's cool. Her. So, so, so we thought we were trying to figure out, should we, you know, should we create a quirky name or whatever for our Peloton team? And my wife said, you know what, it's gotta be Team Jack. I mean, are you, are you kidding me? So. So that's how that's how we came upon the name of Team Jack was uh, that's what the you know my buddy had made these bracelets uh, on behalf of my journey. Um, there's only five of us on Team Jack right now, and I, I know that will continue to grow over the years. But uh, I've said uh, you know I send them notes all the time, and I say we're small and we're mighty. I said as part of my goals this year that I would match my largest donation well one of my other best friends in florida gives me five grand so these guys don't even know yet and i just i, I just finished all the paperwork and everything so i've given each one of my i'm donating to each one of my team members a thousand dollars i think we're somewhere around twenty-five thousand as a team and i think we'll get to uh at least 30. yeah that's fantastic yeah, so that's fantastic. Super excited. We are riding on behalf of two people that are in that I know very well. Two of my dearest friends' wives that are um, in in the middle of their journey of breast cancer. Okay. So we're riding for Barbette and we're riding for Amy, and uh, you know, super excited so far. Amy's uh, had a really nice outcome. Uh, Barbette is still in the in the throes of chemo and all of that, and it was just amazing. So Barbette gave me a donation, and the note she wrote just you know just you know brought tears to my eyes again. And so I spent a lot of time with both of them, just you know being trying just trying to be there for them, not overwhelmingly, but if they have any questions as they were going through their chemo journey and things like that. But anyway, we are riding on behalf of those two. And uh, so, so that's Team Jack in a nutshell, small and mighty. I love it. As you as you go into ride weekend, and, and you know you line up at the starting line and, and embark on your ride, what do you think it's going to be like crossing the finish line? I, I think it's going to be incredible. I mean, really, it, it's it's just so crazy. As I said earlier, I mean. Like I love the cycle and I love, I love what you guys are doing. So just the whole, the whole atmosphere. I've heard so many things about the atmosphere and to your point, people cheering and, and all that. I don't even know. I don't even know really if I'm ready for all that. I, I hope I'm not a bucket of tears. We caught up with John soon after he crossed the finish line in New Albany during ride weekend, 2021. The tears he had earlier dried up by the time we talked to him. But what had lasted in his eyes was a profound sense of inspiration and motivation as he discussed his experience in the additional names on the back of his survivor jersey. 
it felt great. I seriously like it's hard to describe in words how I feel about this whole event. I had no idea. I just had no idea. You know, experience last night, experience today, the people along the ride. It's just what an amazing event. What I think about what I, as I was riding, I was thinking about how lucky I am to be riding. To be honest with you, um, you know, two year. It was two years ago, right now, that I was getting ready for my surgery and uh, didn't really know what to expect coming out of that, right? And here I am, almost two years later, it felt very special to put on a Survivor jersey. And, you know, today, I was, as I was riding, I saw so many Survivor jerseys, and last night as I looked around the stadium, I couldn't believe how many Survivors were, were there. And I think, I think that's one of the things that makes Pelotonia so special is the amount of survivors there are participating in this event and what it means to them. And then all of the volunteers and all the people along the route thanking all of us for making this ride. Because while they're not riding, obviously cancers touch them or their families in a pretty significant way. I was also thinking about um, the four people that I'm riding for. We've got Amy Wollenweber, um, she just finished her battle with breast cancer. In fact, she just rang the cancer-free bell, which is absolutely awesome. And then Barbette is in the middle of her journey right now, so she's, she's about halfway through her chemo regimen. Um, Harrison, who also had sarcoma, 21 years old, uh, we lost Harrison this week. So he lost his battle with, uh, with sarcoma. He was at Arizona State, engineering student. And then Carol Schnug, is um, she's got metastatic breast cancer, so it'll never go away. I thought about them a lot. Um, I thought about both my parents that, that died of cancer many, many years ago. And uh, I just thought about a lot of different people, but more than anything, I just have so much gratitude. And, and you know, this thing was way better than I ever expected to be. I mean, I didn't know what to expect, right? So this. This 20 mile journey, first of all, was beautiful. You know, just an absolutely beautiful ride. But uh, I'm just so proud of everybody that's here and what they stand for and what they're doing. And, and uh, I'm just glad to be a part of it. And, and I, I probably cried three times along this ride today um, because I just have so much gratitude. Um, I mean, the research is so, so important. And just think about how far they've come. So, so I'll take my own situation. Um, sarcoma, it's less than 1% of all cancers, right? So it's very rare. And probably five short years ago, they wouldn't have had uh, the strategy that they had for me when I, when I was diagnosed because the research dollars just weren't available. But that just goes to show you how important the research is. It doesn't matter what kind of cancer it is, right? Frankly, I don't know if I'd be alive or not, to be honest with you, without the, without the research that, uh, that's happening. I am able to continue on, and uh, I will continue to continue on for as, uh, for as, long, as, you know, as long as I'm able to do it, and as long as I stay cancer-free. This will forever now be a part of who I am and what I stand for, and if me, if participating and raising money can just help you know one or two people along the way like that's such a huge benefit but I literally thought about that on the ride today and I thought man I this now will be forever part of my life and part of my journey special thanks to John for his time to share his journey with us for another inspiring episode of one goal 
We also want to thank the rest of his Peloton, Team Jack, for riding with him and us. Also, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and share this series with friends and family so they too can experience the spirit of this unstoppable movement. And finally, we are grateful for our major funding partners who make all of this possible. The American Electric Power Foundation, Huntington, the L Brands Foundation, and Peggy and Richard Santulli. This has been One Goal, a storytelling podcast from Pelotonia. I'm your host, cancer survivor and COO of Pelotonia, Joe Apgar. Interview and production scheduling by our marketing and communications duo, Emily Smith and Gabby Blauer. One Goal is carefully crafted and produced at the studios of Wessler Media by Vince Tornero. Mastering by Joey Gerwin at Orange Judia. Special thank you to all of our guests for being willing to share their inspiring journeys for this podcast. Also, please rate, review, and subscribe so you can get seasons one and two, as well as future episodes. If you want to learn more about the Pelotonia community and how you can make an impact on cancer research, see the link in the show notes or visit pelotonia.org. That's pelotonia.org.